0: Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about how to respond when people don't respond well to you when you are on your mental health healing journey. Sometimes we don't get the responses we want and there's many reasons why and I'm going to help you understand that and process that. But before we begin, I want to tell you about my conference this year my mental health retreat that will be running in dallas texas december 2nd through the 4th it's live not virtual and i'll be able to be there to meet and greet you and sign books it's going to be amazing fun an incredible special time together it's very practical i'm going to be really walking you through how to use the Neurocycle in so many different situations like to help you from being, preventing being a shock absorber and helping you deal with trauma and trauma bonds and anxiety and helping your kids with healing with from anxiety and managing all these things that we've gone through with this the whole pandemic. I've also got some amazing guest speakers that I'll be doing panels with. For example, my very good friend Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child will be talking about her experience with depression and we're going to do a panel on how to use the neurocycle to manage depression. There is so much. It's going to be such fun. So go to drleafconference.com and get your ticket. And we're also offering CMEs and CEUs for those of you that need that for your work. And last thing, just before we begin, this podcast is for educational purposes and not medical advice. So if you need medical advice, please contact the appropriate medical professional. And now on to today's podcast. Okay, so recently I put up this post and it says, you were never hard to love. You were just getting harder to manipulate and control. You were getting better at honoring your boundaries. Now, this is quite a lot of very important information. And based on the response I had from this post, that's why I decided to do this podcast. So people loved this and had lots of questions and good comments and Questions around what do you do? How do you respond when you're on this healing journey and people don't respond to you in the correct way? Well, I want to start with the first part of this particular post, and that is, You were never hard to love. That is profound. For a moment, I just want you to take a deep breath and inhale what I've just said. You were never hard to love. You are not hard to love. And I want to have focus on that first before I dive in to people's responses, because I think it will make it easier to understand. So I'm going to bring in some neuroscience and some neuropsychology and some psychoneurobiology to help you understand that you were never hard to love, but that you were actually just putting up boundaries to protect yourself as you go through the healing journey. And all of us are doing this at all times, but sometimes we can have our healing journey impacted when people don't fully know how to respond to you or you don't know how to respond their responses so let's talk about this concept of being you are not hard to love now as you start to prioritize your mental health you may notice people are reacting negative negatively to your changes and there's many reasons for this but you are wired for love at your core so first and foremost before we even look at people's responses i want you to understand what it means to have this phenomenally specialized mind and phenomenally specialized brain that is designed or or built to match your phenomenal mind and then your phenomenal body that works in with your brain and your mind. So you have this phenomenal, brilliant psychoneurobiology that is very specialized. That's extremely complicated. But what it produces is a wise, brilliant human being that is you. It can do something that no one else can do. One of the most favorite things I love to say, and you've probably heard me say it before, but it's fact, okay? You can do something that no one else can do, and everyone needs what it is that you bring to the world. You're listening to this, All well, there's a whole lot of you listening to this conversation that I'm having now, or this lecture, or teaching, or podcast, and all of you are hearing this differently because of your unique perspectives. And that at its core is beautiful and healthy and specialized for you and unique to you. And that specialization, before I dive into the brain, that specialization that produces the unique and very wise you in life with your unique responses can be impacted by adverse circumstances. So adverse circumstances impact the specialization, impact our you-ness, impact this perfect you nature, this incredible specialization we have in our brain to match this incredible specialization we have as humans. And when that happens, it gets messy. Life is messy. And just going through life is messy as we know. And that impacts our specializations. So we show up in ways that may be difficult to live with. I mean, let's all admit it. I know when I've been going through stuff, I've been quite difficult to live with because what we are going through is not who we are. What we are going through produces behavior patterns and things that we say and that we do that are the result of what we are going through or the result of what we have experienced. But it's not who we are at our core. It's those 200 specializations in the brain with the individual circuits that are d- created and built to match your mind have been disturbed or blocked by your ability, to, by, by what you are going through. So you don't quite show up in the, in the way that you would normally show up. And this affects people that love you. So people then try and help you. And that's kind of the pattern that happens. But sometimes people can help you in in the wrong way. (laughs) And it can actually create an adverse response. So quickly, let's look at the science of this and then dive into more depth. So here's your brain or a brain, I should say, a model of a brain. And besides the left and right hemisphere and the different structures of the brain and the four different lobes, we have these 200 specializations, more or less the science, the researchers have shown. And those specializations are unique to you. So your 200 are different to my 200. Within each of those, there are unique circuits. So there's lots and lots and lots of circuits. And these circuits are all firing up right now as you're listening to me. They're firing up in their own unique way. And we can pick that up on using brainwave technology like QEEGs and FMRI technology. We can pick up that response, which is unique for each of us. Now that when this is operating like it should, because the mind that drives it is being managed. So when your mind that drives your brain is being managed, in other words, when you managing your mind, when you're in your wise mind, then this firing up happens in it in, in in the produces great results, okay? It produces peace and clarity and wisdom and and achieving what you want to achieve, et cetera, et cetera. Now, as you go through the, any course of the day, as we know, things happen, we can't control it. So there's a lot of messiness in doing this but your brain these specializations can handle the messiness if you are managing it and if you recognize at your core that you are this amazing person now i'm not trying to be a motivational speaker i'm not i'm a scientist i'm telling you that at your core you are phenomenal and that phenom, that phenomenal you keeps growing and developing through the experience of life which is messy but the growth happens not because life is not messy Growth happens because of the messiness that you then embrace and process and reconceptualize. And in that way, you can repair and you can grow. And it's that is kind of the big words for a healing journey. So this whole thing of using your specializations in the correct way to stand back and look at the messiness that is impacting how you're functioning in your specializations and then repairing that. So you can operate in your wisdom, and in your messiness at the same time. And if you understand that, that means that you can always fall back on and rely on the fact that the core, the wisdom, the basic, how this functions is incredibly perfect. It's it's amazing. It's the wise mind. And as you are in the messiness and seeing the mess, that's wisdom. And repairing the mess, that's wisdom where we sometimes forget to tap into our wisdom and these specializations and the circuitry that is activated when we're operating in our wise mind is when we think it's, we feel bad about making a mess and we don't fix it or we let other people control us or we're very reliant on other people's responses to make us feel good about ourselves. We have to feel good about ourselves and that's what I'm trying to make you understand. You're amazing. You have these specializations. You always have your wise mind at the core of how you function. It is the dominant force of your functionality. Your mind is first cause, and your wise mind is first first cause, and your wise mind managing your messy mind is the norm, and that means it's okay to be a mess as long as we recognize it and manage it. When we do that, these circuits are doing good stuff in these areas of the brain and, and, and bringing in good, balanced, healthy brain waves, and so on, and we're getting healthy theta waves moving through our brain and our body that's stimulating the heart, for example, to to stimulate the release of certain hormones that help us to have the sense of well-being. That's just one of many different things that can happen. When I talk about blood sugar, a lot of people tune out because they think it's only relevant to people with type 2 diabetes. But blood sugar is a topic everybody needs to understand, and it's vital for optimal mental, brain, and physical health. So how do you maintain healthy blood sugar levels? I recommend a product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough by Bio-Optimizers. This easy-to-take supplement is the result of numerous tests to find the absolute best formula for maintaining healthy blood sugar. In fact, Bio-Optimizers went through five different formulations before landing on this one. Blood Sugar Breakthrough works safely to lower blood sugar after meals and it helps you avoid the worst effects of high blood sugar while enjoying more stable energy, mental clarity, and fewer cravings. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, just go to www.bloodsugarbreakthrough.health forward slash DrLeaf and save 10% with the code DrLeaf10 when you try Blood Sugar Breakthrough. The link and details will be in the show notes. But if we are feeling bad about ourselves, then it's almost as though there's a veil or these toxic thoughts are That that toxic thought of not feeling good about yourself, you will see my toxic tree, is kind of blocking out the wisdom. And it's like a huge, if you imagine the wisdom is a big, beautiful green forest and that these toxic trees of people telling you you can't this, you can't that, or you're not doing this right, you're not doing that right, and you should be doing this, why aren't you healed yet? And all these toxic things block out your, your wisdom. And so these 200 specializations that are truly you, your wise mind, kind of get blocked out and you can't hear the voice of the wise mind because you're hearing so many voices from other people. And that can inhibit your healing journey and can make you very frustrated and can increase in it can create all kind of increased toxic behavior patterns. And that sets up a negative cycle because then people respond negatively to that and all kinds of stuff. So that is kind of the basic science of uh, some basic sort of brain science of this. So now I'm gonna I've got some notes to help keep me on track here. But basically Life happens and adverse circumstances can mess with this beautiful specialization, okay? And temporally blocking the wise mind, as I've said. Now, the brain is always changing. I've said this a million times before. In response to the mind, the brain can't change itself. The mind changes the brain. But this change can go in a negative and a positive direction. So if someone, if you're like managing something you're in a certain very vulnerable point of your healing journey, and as I've told you before, the healing journey works in cycles of 63 days and it could be multiple cycles depending on what you're going through. There's no cookie cutter formula for how many cycles. But at each point in that cycle, there's levels of vulnerability. For example, if you're just a week into starting your healing journey, you're very vulnerable. And say day 14 is another point and day 21 and day 42, day 63, there's various points, there's others as well, but those are kind of main points where you are extremely vulnerable and you'll see major shifts and changes. And very often You're getting worse before you get better. In fact, that is the norm, okay? Especially in those first 21 days. There's a lot of periods in those first, that first 21 days where you're going to find yourself. People may turn around and say, oh, wow, that person's going for therapy or that person's doing this, but it doesn't look like it's helping because they're more anxious or more depressed. But that's normal because as you start facing your stuff and embracing your stuff, it brings a different type of sadness and anxiety where you start becoming aware of why You are doing this healing in the first place and why you need it and how it's affected your life and the time that you feel, you know, has gone by and and what it's done. That makes you sad and that's part of the process. And then you can hit certain points where you really feel like you're getting it under control and then you can hit a a massive progress, but it manifests as a major depression or a major anxiety attack and people can't understand that. And there's these cycles and suddenly you hit a point at 63 days where there's there's Pretty much major change that has happened. You've really started capturing that thought and deconstructing and reconstructing and starting to stabilize a new pattern. But that's very often the point at day 63 where you start setting up boundaries and you starting to recognize, hey, I need space for me, not to keep people out as much as it is to protect me so that I can just get inside myself and sort out these things so that I can control the patterns of my life and, and get that agency back. And so at, at day 63, which is sort of nine weeks into healing, you can start, you find that the boundaries you start putting up can start affecting the people around you potentially in a negative way. Because up till that point, you may have been pretty dependent on certain people, or you may have had codependencies developing, or you may have been in a relationship where it was maybe very, you, as a person in the relationship, had various narcissistic tendencies or manipulative tendencies or were gaslighting or, you know, all these things that, that, Uh, Because of their own pain, whatever someone does isn't who they are. It's because of the pain they're going through. But you are at the butt of that pain trying to heal your pain. And so you kind of get stronger over these 63 days and you start seeing that you need those boundaries and you put up those boundaries and people can react negatively because now the manipulation or the trying to fix you and all those kinds of things are not working very well. And so that can then make you feel frustrated and that person feel frustrated And it can kind of put a blip in that healing journey. And so that's why it's so important to understand the cycles of 63 days. And I go into that in depth in my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, and also in my NeuroCycle app called NeuroCycle, which you can get on iTunes and Google Play. My book you can get anywhere. Books are sold as well as on our website, drleaf.com. And that's basically what you the cycles of 63 days. To understand that time is so important because you can use that time to tell People, listen, I'm at this point in my healing journey. I am really battling at the moment as I face stuff. So if I feel, if I seem like I'm withdrawing or very triggered by things, please just give me the space and understand that this is where I am. I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I I, I mean, I sort of know what I'm doing. I know that I know what I don't know. I know that there's pain. I know that there's change that's needed. And I'm trying so hard to deal with these emotions that when I'm in this incredibly highly emotional state, I may not always respond to your care or your love or your suggestions or your advice in the way that you think I should be responding. And I'm just going to ask you for you know the grace to just give me the space to try and understand my own emotions. Otherwise, I'm going to say things and do things that I know that I wouldn't normally do that, that I regret because I'm being triggered because my emotions are so all, all over the place and emotions are like glue and the stronger the emotion oh, that cause the trauma the stronger the kind of behavior pattern, that distorted behavior pattern it can generate. So while you're trying to break that down and deconstruct and reconstruct this, those responses can start happening. So it's that kind of general statement that you can give to people. But let's go into it a little bit more specifically. And I've got certain points that I want to just kind of highlight. Okay. So, But just very quickly, before I begin, I made a note here. As you are going through this healing process, it can often feel like someone is trying to control you or manipulate you to get power over you or is getting frustrated or resentful because they cannot understand why you're not taking their advice. I mean, I don't know if you've had this, but I've had this, like someone's giving me advice and I just, I just can't deal with the advice. All I just wanted for them to do was just just to be there for me. And then people might think, well, why are you taking so long to heal? And, you know, why you are, you know, I, I, that happened to me before and I did this and But there's no time on healing. So, you know, we've got to listen to the words people are saying. Because when people say, why are you taking so long? That's a chance for us to get mad and get sad. (laughs) Or it's a chance for us to say, hey, hang on. This may seem long for you because you're coming from your experience. But my experience is different. I've gone through this and you don't understand me or what I've gone through. And I really appreciate that you're trying to. But the, you can't put your time frame on mine because it just doesn't work because it's not the same experience. And I appreciate your support. So it's always to, you know, to hold, to hear what the person's saying, recognize they're coming from their level of expertise. And this is one of the first points, is, but it's that I want, to, one of the first like sort of take-home points that we're going to start discussing now. As people are coming from their level of expertise to fix you, give you advice, whatever, or are responding negatively to you, It's really important to recognize the following. Only you are an expert on you. No one else, no therapist, no coach, no partner, no husband, no mother, no father, no child, no best friend, no one, pastor, counselor, coach, no one is an expert on you. You have your unique specializations and your unique specializations are enhanced by other people's specializations. I don't have yours. You don't have mine. You can never have mine. I can never have yours. But I need to therefore learn how to use mine. And part of dealing with trauma and growing through it is learning how to get the best out of my wise mind. And no one can get in your brain or your mind or your body and do that for you. And you can explain this brain science. I mean, taking this, the, you can listen to this podcast and get the words and use these words and say, Dr. Lee said from the brain science, this and, this and this is what's happening. So I'm not fighting with you. I'm not pushing you away. I am just telling you that you are not an expert on my feelings just as much as I'm not an expert on your feelings and I need to feel validated for who I am as a person as much as you need validation. As we enjoy the last days of summer, whether we are grilling outdoors with friends, camping with loved ones or just soaking up the rays by the pool, it's important that we look ahead and think about our immunity and its relationship to what we eat and drink. The health of our gut can affect our immune system which can impact our brain and our body health. This is why I love celebrating the final warm days of summer drinking Hazza, a refreshing probiotic seltzer with benefits that support a healthy gut, body and brain. When it comes to enjoying your summer, you don't just want more, you want the most. And that's exactly what you get with Hazza, a non-alcoholic seltzer that is chock full of gut-friendly probiotics. With just 15 calories or less per can, you can enjoy every sip without the guilt. I personally love their refreshing and tropical strawberry hibiscus flavor, which has just 3 grams of sugar and pairs well with my outdoor dinners. Azar not only helps enjoy my meal by supporting my digestive system, but it also tastes incredible. Indeed, all their flavors are amazing. From the juicy pear to the raspberry lemon, you can't go wrong. Put an exclamation point in your summer with Hazza. Stock up with 20% off when you use the code Dr. Leaf at drinkhazza.com. That's the code Dr. Leaf for 20% off at drinkhazza, H U Z Z A H.com. The link and details will be in the show notes. So, first, major. well, I've said so many different things, but I'm kind of like now putting this into some major points, okay? So, the first thing is. What I've done is told you the problem. We're going through a healing journey. It goes through these different stages. At different stages, we experience different things. And for other people, it can seem very strange because it's not their experience and they can react incorrectly to you and that can upset you and that can create a whole problem. I've come from the point that you are wired for love. You have this unique specialization inside your brain that matches the unique specialization inside your mind. That is who you are at your core. You're amazing. You're phenomenal. It gets disturbed and disrupted and dysregulated through adverse experiences. That's not who you are, that's who you've become because of. Now that's the setup. So now we're going to go into more specifics about how to manage this. So the first thing is people thinking that they're an expert on your feelings and they're not. No one is an expert on your feelings, only you are. And having said that, you're actually learning to have even more expertise on your expertise on yourself. In other words, we can predict that we'll operate act in a certain way in a certain situation. And even say, oh, that situation happened, I would do this. And then you're in the situation and you, op- you react in the complete opposite way to what you were expecting to. And you look back and think, why did I do that? The- that's an example of how we are constantly developing organically, growing in our wisdom, growing in our uniqueness, growing in our specializations as you mature. So we, even ourselves being expert on our own feelings, are still in a process of growth. And that's why we need the space and the time. And we need to give our- each other the space and the time. And what that leads to is for people saying, oh, but you said this and you said that and you said you were going to do this. And in other words, not people not giving you space to change and to change what you say, because what you say today may be very different in three weeks time when you've gone through a certain process of healing. And if people say, but you said three weeks ago, I don't understand it. You said you can say, yes, that's where I was three weeks ago. But now this is where I am because of what I've gone through. And it's okay to change. It shows that the messiness is getting less, that I'm listening more to my wise mind. Where I was then is not where I am now. So my expertise on myself is growing. So if I am learning about myself, how can you know everything about me? And by the same token, how can I know everything about you? A good way to always defuse conflict is to always acknowledge the other person. What you want is what they want. They want to be validated as much as you. So in your requiring the validation and the respect for your expertise and them not being an expert on you, tell them that you're not an expert on them. And if you ever cross over and try to be an expert and tell them what to do, they can remind you of this conversation. You know, so using that kind of language can help tremendously, especially when it comes to dealing with close family members. And there were a lot of questions around that on this post. How do you deal with this with close family members and parent-child relationships and that kind of thing? Most of the time this people intruding on your experience or thinking that they know what you need is because they don't know how to deal with how you are different. Okay. Because they don't understand your experience because they're not an expert on your experience. So not being an expert on your experience, they do not understand the process of you being different with your now a newly found awareness of facing and embracing your issues. Because the minute that you start embracing and reprocessing, which is that whole deconstruction, reconstruction process, and reconceptualizing. The minute you start doing that, you are going to change, and people are used to you being a certain way, or doing a certain thing, that's that's the pattern that you've got into, so it's different, and people don't know how to deal with change. In general, we we know change is there, but we're not always that good at dealing with it, we kind of get into these ruts, so we need to just explain it's okay to change, okay? They don't understand your experience because they're not an expert, only you are. And even you are struggling, as I said, to go through the stages of healing, which means that you'll say and do things in the moment that you didn't want to say when someone says something to you in terms of, well, why have you changed? Were you different? And, you know, you said this or you said that, you know, the whole experience thing. And these can become triggers to set you off, as I've mentioned already, and triggers that can create a lot of messiness. So what you do is you may also have to say to the personal people that if they are uncomfortable with this change, for the sake of your healing. And for the sake of the relationship, you may need some space. So when you are triggering each other in this experiential thing where someone thinks that they're an expert on your feelings and this is triggering you and you're responding negatively and you recognize that so you catch it, all these things I've been saying, you may also have to say to that person, okay, look, I know it's hard for you to understand that I'm different and I know this is triggering you and your response to me is triggering me. So because we trigger each other, I'm battling to heal. And you battling to accept my changes and you may be concerned, worried for whatever reason, I need space. I need to work this out myself. I need space and that space can look like a lot of different things. So that space we often talk about is creating boundaries and boundaries are not meant to keep people out there, They're meant to protect you while you go through the process of healing. And that's, so we're going to talk more about that as we go on. Sometimes also in relation to this, before we talk a little bit more in depth about giving you examples of boundaries. Sometimes, and the second point, uh, the next point I want to make is sometimes they may feel like they're losing power over you. Now, let's talk about this power thing because there's a positive and there's a negative. There's the negative side where you have someone who has got so much stuff going on trauma-wise that they are showing a lot of narcissistic, manipulative, gaslighting-type tendencies in the relationship, and that's very unhealthy, as we know. This is not a podcast about narcissism, and I've done some on that, and I will do more. But essentially those are people with their own brokenness trying to use terrible toxic patterns to try and control you. And, and they are signals to themselves, which they can't always see, but you are suffering from that. And it's very important that you do protect yourself because they've got to heal. You can't heal them, but you have to remove yourself in order for you to heal. And not, it, it's, it's like if you don't, you're enabling each other for you to stay more unhealthy and for them to stay more unhealthy. So there needs to be separation. When there's a lot of narcissistic type patterns in a relationship, we it's very important for separation because that creates a perspective and for each person to do their own healing work. And you can't force someone else. Once again, you're not an expert. You can't fix someone else as much as no one can fix you. Okay, so granted, though there are some people who do have this kind of nefarious, I've written here, certain people who have this nefarious objective of manipulating and controlling you and not liking losing control because of their own pain. So they don't want to lose the control over you. And you're changing, you're becoming different. They feel like they're losing control, so they maybe step up those toxic patterns because they they need to control you to hide or block and deal with their own pain. But that's not good for you, nor is it good for them. Okay, so the key to spotting this is that they tend to flip things around and blame you in some obscure and confusing way and make you feel bad about something that you don't need to feel bad about, okay? Th- that's the key to recognizing it. And this, in this case, you need some massive boundaries to protect that yourself that you need to put up. Now, you could, in, in a situation like that, the most immediate thing that you can do, and then there's lots of books on boundaries and there's lots of discussions on boundaries from people that are very narcissistic, and I'm just going to touch on it in this podcast because there's other areas I want to touch too. But massive boundaries are needed. But a very quick thing that you can do is immediately to practice and train yourself to visualize that you are wearing a suit of armor, that you've got a suit of armor, that you've got a show, uh, like in, in those old, med- in the medieval days when they were on their horses and they had that big javelin thing, imagine all this armor all over you. And so when those narcissistic or manipulating or controlling manipulative words that are making you feel at your core that you are not worthy, that you are that you are not good, that that make you feel that tension and that uneasiness, that's not good. Anything that makes you feel like you are bad or broken or there's that sick feeling inside of you, you must remember what I said about the uniqueness of you, the beautiful nature that you are, that you're amazing, that you've got these 200 specializations in your brain, that your mind works with the brain, the brain's designed to help your mind, that you're phenomenal, that you do something that no one else can do. And as you are saying those things to yourself, see each of those as a piece of armor that you are putting on yourself, literally. I am, I've got these 200 specializations, put the armor on your head. I'm amazing. I can do something that no one else can do. I can, at my core, I am phenomenal. I am being affected by this because I care for this person and because of this, give yourself, so each thing that you're saying to yourself is building yourself and you're putting on more armor. And so those, and it does take time. This is not going to work the first time, but if you practice this within 63 days, you'll have this insurance policy down pat. It's an insurance thought policy that you can Have down patterns. When people come at you with those toxic things, you can immediately put on the suit of armor. And take, as as I said, each piece as you put it on yourself is this really healthy stuff that you are saying to yourself. And you can add all kinds of things onto that basic brain stuff. And your wise mind is taking over. And eventually, as you're in those situations, within a 63 day period, it would be strong enough for that to pop up and be strong enough to be able to enable you to immediately feel protected so that those darts don't touch your heart, they don't touch at your core, you feel sick to, that like you lose your value system, you lose your belief in yourself, you lose hope. I don't want that to happen, I want you to train yourself. So at the beginning when you start doing it, that little suit of armor is this tiny little, because as you're doing it, you're building a thought in your brain, and you're building a genetic change in your body, and you're building, changing the the gravitational fields of your mind. But at first it's tiny, okay? It It takes 21 days to get this big. But then it takes another 42 to get this big, okay, and bigger. So each time if you're in a toxic situation, oops, you put on your armor and these things, these memories, all the statements you've made to yourself will start coming back, okay? And that'll help you in the initial stabbing that's coming at you so that you can deflect those and then you can get perspective and you can put up the boundary that you need in that moment for you to be able to move forward with your healing journey because you need your healing journey. That's what needs to be in this suit of armor, okay? So that's the really extreme, you know, toxic ones. But some people, the loss of power is is, is related to trying to help because they see you as helpless. So the one is more nefarious, as I've described. The other one is they see you as helpless. So it's their vision of you. So you're going to have to change their vision of you by you saying, listen, I know that all these certain behavior patterns and things that I have have gone through have seemed to create this codependency and made me seem helpless. And I did feel like that. And your help has been phenomenal. But I've now embraced why I was there. I've embraced this and I'm busy looking at my responses, which are not healthy. The codependency is how I responded. And I'm unwiring this. I'm embracing this so that I can deconstruct my thoughts, feelings and choices about myself And track it back to why I was there in the first place. And this is a long, difficult journey. So in this, I'm actually being very helpful to myself. I'm not helpless. You may see tears. You may see more breakdowns. You may see more bouts of depression. You may see more panic attacks. But that's okay because that is me working through this. And I need protection. I'm not helpless. And you seeing me as helpless is sending out a lot of toxic messages to me. And it's making it harder for me. So it's that kind of statement you want to make. There, is you want to show people that you're not helpless because you're not. You, I tell you, this can make you feel helpless. I'm not denying that. That when you're in a toxic state and you, and you are immersed in that depression, and depression is not something you can have. Depression is an emotional warning signal. When that emotional warning signal is all you can, that alarm just never stops beeping. It's really, you do feel helpless. But then you start embracing and you start seeing it as a helpful messenger and slowly you start working through. At that point, you definitely don't need people making you think back to being helpless again or seeing you as the broken patient because all of us are battling and we all battle more at certain times of our lives and less at other times of our lives and that you're entitled to remind that person and just say, I'm not being defensive, I'm not justifying, but this is where I am at the moment. And there's been times that you have also been really broken and I'm just asking for your grace and your acceptance and once again, put on that armor, that suit of armor and help yourself to then protect yourself from the dart of you are helpless. Okay, so your wise mind becomes, I'm just going to read you what I wrote here, becomes activated when people support you with unconditional love. So you can tell them that when you support me with unconditional love, when you see me as not helpless, but as someone who's gone through something, who's trying to heal, that generates a very healthy thought pattern towards me. And, that, and it does. These literally generate photons. These are healthy photons. If you are looking at that person in your life that's battling and you're giving them, I think you're amazing. I think you're strong. I think you're capable. I, I don't think you, I did think you were helpless, but I was wrong. You're actually doing something. When you, you as the person helping are generating these beautiful, healthy photons, which the person can then, can receive those. They can lift up the suit of an armor and receive that. That's good to receive, but put it down. The helpless message you don't want. The helpful message you do want, and when that energy comes into you, it increases your resilience and your ability to tune into your wisdom, which is the core of who you are. You are wisdom, but it gets blocked out, as I, as I explained. Okay, so it's important to show and say that you are battling, but you aren't helpless without them, and that doing things their way doesn't work for you, and for all for your 200 specializations in your mind brain body connection. In your brain and in that whole connection, so you need to work out what these boundaries are that work for you. Not to keep them out as much as to protect you while you work through your stuff. This may this may look different. So here are some examples of boundaries. This may look like them not saying anything, and even retreating from your life for a season. Maybe you just don't see that person, or it's in very limited amounts under very controlled conditions. Maybe x amount of time per week under certain conditions, and then there's rules for that engagement where you don't discuss certain things where it's just simply connecting through love because you have a a level of a relationship it's a friend or something like that maybe it looks like them just listening to you and never actually saying anything until you say hey i'd love your uh, your opinion or i'd love your perspective maybe it's just holding their hand maybe it's i'm going for a walk on the beach and just talking about movies you know maybe that's all you need so you need to work out what you think you need from that person And what you can handle and what you'd really like that you know would help you. Take some time to think about that and then tell them. And you model in doing that whole thing. You are modeling for them what you would love for you. And you're also helping them to model for others what they need. So you're also teaching them. They can see, oh, wow, I really like that. And I can see that this person, they're responding well. I wouldn't mind that for myself. So then they become more open-minded to helping you in that way and realizing that's the kind of help they would need. So there's always this wonderful multiple effects, downstream effects of operating in this way, okay? And then there are those people. So here's some more examples, okay? So just another example of boundaries. Boundaries with people that are trying to, let's see you as helpless, is always to try and find something, neutralized situations, very, very neutral kind of boundaries. That's why I say, you know, certain times, certain amount of time, what rules for discussion make things neutral neutral is very good for healing the psychoneurobiology of trauma and trauma relationships and trauma in yourself then there's those people that are always trying to fix things they are always trying to fix things which is a flight trauma response and i've done a podcast on trauma responses so you can go and listen to that so when people are always trying to fix other people and they're very busy and they're very proactive and they're always trying to fix other people the intentions are very very good but if it's over the top if it's too much so in other words, there's a good amount of fixing and then there's a bad amount of fixing. And the content may be excellent. The fixes may be amazing. They may be perfect and on target, but that's not what you need at that moment. And if it's being shoved down your throat and it's just too much, that person is actually in a flight form response to their own toxic stuff. And they're trying to fix you, inadvertently trying to fix themselves. And that's once again a time for you to put up those boundaries and to protect yourself. As I've said, get on that get on that shield of armor and start putting up that boundary and working out, okay, I don't need to be fixed. And then it's statements. And I actually made a little, I've got a little little sentence here for you. If you can see this happening, tell them directly and as kindly as possible that they can't fix themselves trying to fix you. And it may end the relationship for a time, but it's important you aren't being used as their avoidance technique. Okay? By someone else because it will be damaging to both parties, brain damaging to both parties. Okay, so there's a profound one to think about. Research has shown that quality matters just as much as quantity when it comes to sleep and mind health. But what exactly is quality sleep and how do we achieve this? Since temperature drop is such a crucial aspect of the deep sleep stage, finding ways to activate that sleep switch can help increase your levels of deep sleep. That's where Chili Sleep comes in. Chili Sleep makes customizable, climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well being. Since I started using the ULA mattress pad, which is a hydro powered temperature controlled mattress topper that fits over your existing mattress to provide your ideal, customized sleep temperature, I have never slept better or woken up feeling more refreshed and energized. Chili Sleep's luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold. These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. And for an extra layer of comfort, they also make the Chili Blanket, which is the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. Head over to the chilisleep.com Dr. Leaf to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for cleaning up the mental mess with Dr. Leaf listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash Dr. Leaf to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. The link and details will be in the show notes. Now, the other reason why people can react negatively to your healing is because it's from a sense of helplessness. So when you see someone that you love so much going through so much pain, it's incredibly difficult to not want to do everything you possibly can. And remember, you're coming from your view because you love, you just want to protect and put in a bubble. And I speak as a mother now for kids. I mean, when I see my kids in pain, all I want to do is fix them and I'll overfix and I'll over. I have to really be careful that I don't try and smother them and make them feel helpless or make them feel like I'm trying to fix things. It's a matter of, hey, I'm here for you. If you want the advice and that's not easy I, I say it as a mom of four kids and and in the helping profession and being a therapist trained and doing this mind brain research it's just so natural for me to want to try and fix and I can make my kids feel helpless like that so I have to be very careful of doing that or well, my husband or something I've got to be very careful of doing that so I have to check that in myself okay so if someone is doing that to you when someone you love it's it's heartbreaking You want to absorb their pain. You want to make it go away. So you may say too much or do too much. I've done that, okay? So it's important if that's happening to you, if you're on the receiving end of that, it's important to calmly tell that person. So I've had this. I've had my kids tell me this, where they've calmly told me that they understand. Okay, this is what I'm going to read the sentence to you. It's calmly tell that person that you understand and can see that they're trying to help you is coming from the right place. Always appreciate that person. Know that it's coming from love. It's coming from the right place, but it's being done in the wrong way. And so appreciate you, appreciate all the love and support, but a better way to help you is wait to be asked. Don't offer so freely all the time. Just give them space. Be there. I, I know you're there. I know I can come to you at any stage. I know you'll drop everything for me, but let me come to you and ask you. And that's like what you can do when people, when people are, are, are responding negatively by doing too much and then getting frustrated because you're not taking the response, you know, you're not taking the advice and it can happen. I mean, I've done this. I've done this to my kids. I thought, you know, I've told you this. That'll work. And I felt myself getting frustrated and that frustration is going to be toxic. It's not going to help my my child. So it's not going to help anyone. Okay. So you want to, that's sending out the wrong message. I want to send this message. So the way I send this message is by standing back, recognizing the signs Self regulation. I've self regulated so I'm able to read the signs of when I'm being over helpful and pull back. Okay. If, if it's a parent child relationship like I've just described, it could be that the parent is backing to see this is another one is backing to see that the child has grown up. I mean, that can you can have years of, of dependency or years of patterns of codependency, and it, all, it could just be that you know your children change as they go from stage to stage, and your brain has to rewire to realize that this is not a teenager this is now an adult they have to be you can't bring in the same rules you have to you as a parent have to change as your child goes through each stage and if you don't and you try and bring in the thinking to an adult child from an adolescent child you're going to mess up and so if you see your parents doing that and if you are an adult and or an adolescent and not a little child anymore and your parents doing that to you it's important to very kindly say look I'm at a different stage of my life. I'm an adult now or I'm an adolescent. I used to be like that. That doesn't work anymore. And you may just have to have that conversation. And family therapy is excellent for helping with all of these things that I've been saying. The family therapy, especially if it's a loved one, is a great way because you'll have that third party that can be there to help to mediate the situation. Okay, so allowing children, no matter what age, to be free to make a mess and accept the messiness is absolutely huge in allowing them to grow and repair you can't grow and repair unless you make the mess if you're trying to clean up your children's messes before they make them they can't grow and repair and the same as a therapist you can't fix up the messes you've got to allow people to make the mess and learn from the mess and guide people through the process so it's simply a simple statement like this this is my mess i need to experience this without judgment and to embrace the process of deconstructing and reconstructing and reconceptualizing. And it's important to me that you just keep showing me unconditional love, no matter what you, if you agree or disagree with the way I'm doing it, it doesn't matter, this is what I need to do, or find out what I need to do, what I don't need to do, and just be there for me no matter what. And add this, I am also there for you because we are on the same side. Always emphasize, we are on the same side. So in conclusion, when... People don't quite respond to you, and I'm just going to go back in conclusion and quickly reread the post. You are never hard to love. You were just getting harder to manipulate and control for all the reasons that I've been saying. You were getting better at honouring your boundaries. Don't let people's own issues or misunderstandings of thinking you're still helpless or not adjusting to the age change that you've got to, or whatever it whatever it is, as in all the examples I've given. Don't let them affect your honoring of your boundaries you need to honor your boundaries okay and there's as i said there's so many reasons why people do it maybe they they think that people people need to realize they're not an expert on anyone else's feelings you're the only one who's an expert they may feel like they're losing power over you for nefarious reasons or simply because that they are that they see you as helpless or it may be that they're trying to fix things for you, or he's fixing things, or it's come from a sense of helplessness. What do I do to take the pain away? How can I absorb the pain? Or it could come from the parent, not not necessarily parent-child, but any relationship goes through growth stages and the growth stage is not being recognized and accepted. So in conclusion, we need to change the narrative because we are all battling with mental health. There's no one exempt from battling with mental health. We battle with it at different stages, in different ways, at different times of our life. In your healing journey, you need to put on the armor. I hope these things that I've told you today will help you tune in and find, recognize when your healing journey is being interrupted and take these statements and little tidbits and use them to help you protect yourself and at the same time keep a loving relationship as far as possible and a healthy relationship doesn't mean you have to be with them all the time okay it may mean all kinds of boundaries that you set up but those boundaries you need to honor because your boundaries that you honor will honor your 200 specializations in your brain and your beautiful mind and body that are designed to work together around those specializations you see we need to change the narrative as i say so often to accepting that it's okay to be a mess We need to level the playing field. We need to say to others, it's okay, I'm a mess at the moment. I've got this. And you can be a mess too. And this relationship is messy, and that's okay. We'll work this out. It's okay. We all battle with our mind. It doesn't mean that I'm crazy or brain diseased if I'm battling. It means I'm going through something. I'm showing up in this way because of something. And through developing self-regulation, and I talk about this so much in my book, through developing self-regulation, we are basically learning to manage our minds in our healing journeys, in our relationships with others, and helping others in their healing journeys, and helping our souls as we to recognize when our healing journey is being impacted in a negative way. So we can tune into our wise minds and find our way forward, gaining that sense of peace in chaos, that success, gaining a sense of peace in the chaos of life. To do this, spend time with yourself. By yourself and tune into yourself and develop who you are. Find your wise mind. Embrace your worth because when you you do, you are not becoming selfish. You are becoming selfless, which is truly how you heal and truly how others will see you healing. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this has helped you and I am all with you in your healing journey. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself